Hey everybody, how are you? Yeah, we're good tonight. Well, we're not giving. No, what's our next slide here? We need to come to church and take up two offerings. That's nice. Can I just have that first slide up there? Who's ever heard of a Nutri-Bullet? It's that little, that little thing there. It's like, a, it's like a blender. But if you're really cool, you know what they are. Who's ever seen one? Who wants one? No, we're not giving away a free one tonight. Look, all these people, you need to watch more TV, I'm telling you. But see, I'm going to give you a recipe tonight. This is, is great for hunger pains. Uh, it's, it's awesome for tiredness, for lethargy, depression, uh, loneliness. I'm going to mix up one of these recipes I'm going to give you, and it's going to help in all those things. You'll be boom, you'll be over it. You know, and, and I've seen the commercial, and they talk about, you know, you, you take these, these, uh, these recipes, it's like a, a Nutri-Blast. Well, this is a Nutri-Boom that I'm going to give you. It is going to take you to a whole new level in life. So here's the recipe. You ready? Take some notes. Take it down because it's coming up to Easter. You're going to need it over the weekend, I'm sure. You act like you're not interested. This could change your life. If you're listening on the podcast right now, Port Lincoln is an awesome place to live and you need to come here and visit Port Lincoln. That's wherever you are listening to this. Come to Port Lincoln. And anyway, just because we are a church, we, we're going to get to the Bible. Put your fingers in Ephesians 4. So then you can say, oh, he talked so long, didn't even mention the Bible. Yeah, there it is, Ephesians 4. The Nutribullet, it's a blender that breaks down food to a cellular level, which means you get all the nutrients in that food are unlocked. You go direct to your system. So it's like, a, not a blast. We're talking about the boom. I mean, once you have one of these, man, you'll want to do the haka. You'll take on the world. All right, here's the recipe. I haven't seen many pens out. or You haven't even got your iPads or anything. Out. Come on, get them out. Come on. Yes, here we go. They're ready for it. Okay, here it is. Remember, this Nutri-Bullet thing, this machine will turn ordinary food into superfood. So I'm going to give you this recipe, my recipe. The Nutri-Boom recipe. I'm going to start a restaurant one day in America. I'm going to go to America when I retire. I'm going to start a cafe called Slammers. It's going to be $20 for a cup of coffee and a Tim Tam. And you teach Americans how to do a slam. Then we have mint slice slams. And we're going to have, we're going to have Milo Eruptors, another invention I had. I'm not going to tell you the recipe for that because you'll go and do it yourself. Okay, here it is. First of all, let's see if this thing works here. Two large Easter eggs. Two large Easter eggs, unwrapped Easter eggs. That's your poultry. We're talking about food groups today. That's poultry. Two hot cross buns. That's there. That's these little guys there. That's cereals. You need cereals. I'm pretty clever, aren't I? I'm getting this sorted out, this superfood stuff. Now, here's, here's my favorite one. Two cups of brown sugar. Make sure it's brown sugar because that's fiber. Ask Michael, he told me. That's fiber for you. It's got to be brown sugar. Don't use white sugar. Uh-uh, that's bad. Two cups of coffee. Any way you have your coffee, cappuccino, latte, whatever way you have it, short black, 
long black, whatever, put it in. That's cool. Whatever way you have your coffee, in the Nutri Bullet for a Nutri Blast. No, a Nutri Boom. And another, the second last one, a generous amount of, oh, Nutella. Two wooden spoons of Nutella. <laughs> Two generous spoons of Nutella. Because that's nuts. You need nuts in a balanced diet. That's the nuts. The nut component is right there. Nutella. And now the last ingredient, which is down here, if you can't make it out, it's broccoli. Use sparingly. <laughs> Boil first for at least half an hour to remove any toxins. And that's your vegetable component. Again, be very careful. Use sparingly. Just use a very little bit. But I'll tell you something that's most amazing. You're going to love this because when you try this, when you go home and try this, you will not taste the broccoli. Tell you what, you, you have that one. There's a song getting around with only one match. You can make an explosion. You have that, man. You'll take on the world. All right, who's ready for the word tonight? Yeah. Who's going to go home and try this? So it is, you break all them down to the cellular level, man, and you are boom. All right, let's get serious. I, I better just, can we just pray for a minute? Just bow your heads with me. I'm just going to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight for church. We thank you for your word. Uh, we just are so uh, amazed at, at Jesus Christ and, and who he is and what he's done for each one of us. So, Lord, I pray tonight, make our hearts open to what you want to communicate to us today. Lord, use these simple words that I have and turn them into something supernatural, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, the theme we have in our church this year is growth. Or the word grow, actually, just that one word, grow. And we want you to grow. We want our church to grow so that we can be effective in our lives. So when I talk about growing, it's a positive thing that I want you to grow spiritually, internally, so that you can be a better person and make a better difference in the world. So uh, one thing that, that I found in my life is um, I didn't always know how to respond when everyone else could see the call of God and everyone else could see it except for me. And I want to tell you, maybe there's people here tonight and, and you feel a little bit like that, that people talk about the call of God, they might see you and want to encourage you and you really have this, this perception, but they must be talking about somebody else. But I want to, I want to encourage you today is God has uh, positioned you and he calls people and it doesn't mean you hear voices in the clouds or, or you know funny things like that. It's a spiritual thing that he does deep inside our heart that draws us to, him, to himself and to his purpose. But um, just a few things on growing. They're really deep here. But growth is a natural process um, as opposed to stretching. You know, if you've been around church for a long time, people always say, oh, God's stretching me. And we think, you would have heard me say this sort of stuff. Stretching is, is not a natural place to live. We'll look at that a little bit later. But it's an unnatural state of life. But growing is a natural thing. It's something that should come uh, organically. That's a cool word, a bit like broccoli. But the definition of, of growth 
is to increase in size, to develop, to increase in number, or to increase in degree. And there's two ways for something to grow. You can get this if you're taking notes. This is really deep. We can grow stronger by growing up, growing bigger, and growing better. The other way we can grow is to grow weaker, growing uh, unhealthy, uh, growing diseased or broken. And when I'm relying, on, you know, relaying all these things, that these are things that that uh, you know we can, oh, was it interpret this as emotionally, and that is an aspect of life. And we can also probably more accurately in a place like church, we we want to translate this into our spiritual life. And I want to tell you something, to allow God to awaken that spiritual life in you. The way to open that door is to accept Jesus Christ and understand who he is. And coming up to Easter is a great time for churches to explain the story of what we believe. And that is Jesus Christ came as a man and gave his life as a sacrifice for us. So that's what Easter is all about. That's what we remember at Easter time. But God's idea is for you to grow. God's idea is for the church to grow, um, to reach a level of maturity. A growing plant reaches maturity when it produces fruit. And I love eating peaches off our tree, which we get about two after the birds have left the rest. But our vision statement uh, for One Heart Church is to be a large, relevant church of mature believers who love our community. And by the way, there's going to be a big banner put up at, at Centenary Oval. Keep your eyes out for that. Should be going up this week, I hope. And uh, that basically just says, one heart, love Port Lincoln. That's not a statement from us telling them. It's like, everybody, love Port Lincoln. It's a great place. If you're listening on the podcast today, come and check it out. If you're in New Zealand right now, <laughs> come to Port Lincoln. But that's a growing statement. Our vision statement is a growing statement. Now, if you've got your Bibles or your iPads or your device, Ephesians 4, verse 11 to 13, everyone's getting their iPads. Oh, he thinks I'm looking up a scripture. I'm just texting. I'm going to be late. <laughs> Ephesians 4, verse 11 to 13, in the New Living Translation. I need to have... Oh, hang on. Turn it off. That's better. Ephesians 4, verse 11 to 13 says this. Now, these are the gifts God gave to the church the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. There it is. So the whole work of the ministry is to build something up. It's to build the church. It's to build people. Um, This will continue until we come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we'll be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So the ministry gifts are designed to equip you to grow, to measure up to maturity. And so I I believe when you read the Bible like this, there there are certain things we need to realize. Well, well, am I willing to go on that growth journey, on that growth plan? Better than the Nutribullet can ever give you. So there's three things we see in this scripture I just want you to note here. Is number one, it talks about till we come to such unity. It's talking about unity in our faith that we become a community on mission together. Well, that was pretty sweet. Wow. That was like two Easter eggs and some Nutella. 
The second thing, it's, it says knowledge of God's Son. We know Jesus on a personal level. Or, or you know, take that to yourself and, and ask yourself the question, do I really know Jesus on a personal level? Or is he just a, a genie Jesus who I call upon and I rub a bottle when I'm in trouble? Or when I'm wanting something? But he's not like that. It's a personal relationship that we have with Jesus that is mature and responsible and responsive to his will over ours. So that's a big thing. People say, well, I pray to God. I asked God to do this and it, and it didn't happen. But we're trying to make Jesus be a genie to make him do our will. Oh, this is a bit, bit strange. See, the whole thing about walking with Jesus is saying, Jesus, you, follow, you lead me and I follow you. We've got it like, Jesus, you make the way for me. Oh, I feel like doing the haka right now. I'm not, a, I'm not a Maori, so I can't do it. But if you are, come and join us. You can do it here. <laughs> but growing, oh, sorry, the next thing, number three, is mature in the Lord. Did I say that? The last thing that we see in this scripture is, is being mature in the Lord, measuring up and complete. We are strong and growing, basically, that means. And I personally believe that, that we need to find ourselves in a, in a Christian environment, a church, that is strong and growing. Because a strong and growing church represents the kingdom of heaven on earth. It shouldn't be a, 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 a defeated, broken, weak, poverty-stricken church. It should be something that's strong and powerful, knows who Jesus is, and is pr pursuing after him and all that he has for them. But uh, growing and producing is God's plan for you. Let's make it personal right now. Growing and producing Spiritual things is God's plan for your life. He wants you to be prosperous and blessed. And you're thinking, oh, here's a prosperity thing. You know what? It means all, all parts of life. You want to add it to your, 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 your emotions? Add it to your emotions. You want to add it to your money? Add it to your money. If you want to add it to, to your relationships, and add it to your relationships. It's, been, it's about being content. And knowing who you are, and so that you're, you're strong and secure because you're happy with who you are. But God, oh sorry, growing and producing is God's plan. So Matthew, uh, here's, here's just a few scriptures here. Matthew 12 verse 33, just to bring this point across. A tree is identified by its fruit. So a believer in Jesus or a Christian, whatever way you want to describe it, we're identified by the fruit we produce. We're not going to go into all that right now, but Luke 13, verse 6 and 7, it says, a man planted a tree, and it says he went out and he, he expected to see fruit. I won't go into all that story as well. That's for another day. Matthew 13, verse 8, talks about a man who went out to sow seed, and some fell on good soil and produced 30, 60, and 100 times more than had been planted. So when God invests a seed in your life, he expects to see fruit from it. So the question is stretching or growing? Stretching or growing? Ooh, I have, ooh. Yuck. I shouldn't do that. <laughs> that did hurt. <laughs> but remember I said growth is natural. It happens when things are healthy. Do you get compo for that? We ought to take advantage of spiritual seed 
that comes our way and do something with it in our life. The spiritual seed could mean lots of things to different people. But we need to take advantage of the spiritual seed that falls on our life and take advantage of it, what comes our way. See, stretching is unnatural, but it is occasionally required when growth is not evident. So if you stretch a rubber band, eventually it just breaks. It's a law of thermodynamics. Whoa. That's not really, I just made that up. But stretch people live under tension. Uh, now, a tension that, that is designed to, to take you out of where you're stuck, out of your current position and into something, something uh, better, sometimes you need a little bit of tension that will, that will propel you out of something. And, and that's why we have, sometimes you need pastors, sometimes you need uh, good mentors in your life, people who love you, people who can care for you, and they can be like a, they can be like a stretching agent in your life that gets you out of your out of your problem but about stretching there are those who because sometimes stretching is okay but you don't want to live there forever that's all I'm trying to say it's okay for a little while but don't live there all the time I think you know it scares me if I if I you know sort of see someone who's always living on the edge because eventually they'll go over or eventually things will snap and then you lose them. But there are those who never do anything until they're stretched. Don't be like that. So example, you never pray until a crisis comes. You, you never, you, you're never really in relationship with Jesus until a crisis. Then you're like, oh, Jesus, 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 help me, help me, help me. Uh, never tithe until you have nothing. You, know, you never think about giving to God until suddenly you've got nothing. Then you think, maybe I should have done something. Or, or never see things spiritually until you're backed right into a corner. So that's, the, that's where, where stretching comes into some people's life. But it's not a good place to live. Rather, learn to grow and expand yourself spiritually. Don't wait until you're on the stretcher meter. That's something I just invented as well. And complaining about how much it hurts. You don't want to be on that. You want to be going on a, on a process of change, of growing, of developing, talking every day with Jesus, discovering things from his word. Uh, you know, I, I want to tell you something. The most important tool you could ever have in your life is to make yourself familiar with one of these. It's called a Bible. And I'll tell you what, people think the Bible is, is all sorts of things, but I'll tell you something. It is, it is living and powerful and amazing. And I can vouch for myself. I remember being a young guy, probably 18 or 19, a little bit sort of insecure and confused and, and angry and, and hearing these preachers talking about you know, reading the Bible and praying. And I'm thinking, it can't be that easy. But eventually I thought, well, I'm going to try and do this. And, and I started to read my Bible. And, and I used to think the Old Testament, that was just so awkward, so weird. What's, it doesn't make any sense. It's confusing. But eventually, I started to see things in there that became alive. And, and, and I could say, well, I can do that. I see the story in the story. And I was able to apply that to myself. And little by little, I started to grow in my spirit. And God wants to do that in your life as well. Ephesians 4, verse 1. And this is my favorite scripture, I think, now. Who was here on Tuesday night? We had a great time Tuesday night at Heartbeat. If you're listening and you just came into this one, get the, the Tuesday night's message if you're listening on podcast. 
You, get, you think people don't listen. They do. They're on podcasts all the time. It's me, 94 times a month. <coughs> <laughs> but you don't know that. Therefore, this is what the Apostle Paul said, Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. I love that piece of scripture. See, it's a great reason for growing is you have been called by God. Doubting that call, it becomes easy to stay in one place for far too long. When you start to doubt the call of God upon your life, when you start to think, well, I don't even know if there is a call. I don't even know if there is a God. When you start living in that doubt place, then it's really difficult to move on and to grow in anything. So that's, I think, the very first point you need to come to terms with in your life is to understand that you have been called by God and that you have a responsibility to live worthy of your calling. So I'll give you some points to keep ourselves growing from David. Things we can apply from the life of you know, David in the Bible, that is. So thinking, David, my little brother, what am I going to learn from him? Turn, to, turn your Bibles to 1 Samuel 17. Oh, there you go. I need a Nutribullet with carrot in it. I'll read it from here. <clears throat> this is the story when, when David, just a, a young lad, uh, goes to the army and, and, and discovers this big Goliath giant who's, who's uh, mocking and, and um, uh, taunting the, the, the army of Israel. But David persisted. And he says, I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. He said, when a lion or bear comes to steal a lamb from a flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. That was before political correctness was invented. But I have done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it again to this pagan Philistine, which is you know, this giant Goliath. Uh, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. See, there's a few keys that I want to share with you before we're done tonight about the difference David had and how we can adopt some of those principles in our life and take down giants. So, number one, David said, I've been taking care of my father's sheep uh, and when a bear or lion comes along, I basically, he says, I deal with it. So the first thing is ownership of things that aren't yours. And the, the key word there is responsibility. Taking responsibilities for stuff that really doesn't belong to you. And in this case, we're thinking, well, David was looking after his father's sheep. And God is our father. And so he has areas that he wants us to take responsibility with. Is that making sense to you? So take ownership of things you find yourself in, even when it looks like there is nothing in it for you. David could have just said, what's another lamb? Here comes a bear, I'm out of there. And, and let, let the bear take as much as he wants. But basically what it means is confronting problems as if they are yours. And you can apply this principle to your work, uh, to your church, to, to organizations that you might serve on. If you apply these principles, you will find yourself getting more and more responsibility and more and more respect. And ultimately, that's a good place to live in. 
So confront problems as if they're yours. The difference with David can be found in his words, I have been taking care of my father's sheep. So to you, it may only look like a kid's church class or maybe a classroom of kids where you work or, or maybe a factory of people that, that, that uh, you're working with. Maybe you're just in a church environment. You're just serving on a roster. You're not the leading anything. You're just turning up and helping out. No, you're looking after your father's business. If you want, want further research, just note down Luke 16, 12 and read it when you go home. But for us to grow, growing requires we take responsibility for what God has entrusted to us. So if you want to grow, you've got to take responsibility for something. Now you might think, but no one's going to trust me with anything. And you know what? No one trusted me. But I found myself in a church where, where we used to have to set up every Sunday. And I, just, I used to you know, straighten the chairs, clean up the mess, sweep the floor and, and things like that. And drive my car and bring people to church. But you know something? I was taking responsibility when it didn't seem to matter. Who cares? Someone else will do the chairs. But you know what? If you start to say, well, God, I'm just going to find something around this place that I can do. God will see that heart of responsibility and he will lift you up. Number two is prepare yourself for the day. It's about having discipline in your life. There's a, there's a little <clears throat> saying that says every dog has its day. But when a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, David said, I go after it with a club. It's too late to go looking for a club when the lamb is in the lion's mouth. That's, always, that's too late. You're not prepared. You're like, oh, there's a lion. There's a lion coming. It's coming over the hill. It's getting close to the lambs. Uh-oh, it's got one. Oh, well. No, we've got to prepare for the day to be heroes. Because there's a hero in each one of us. But there's many times where we have opportunity to be a hero, but we're not prepared. Be disciplined to grow. Be disciplined to growing and preparing yourself and get strong when the problem growls in, you're prepared. You know what to do. You've got a club in your hand, a spiritual weapon that you say, I'm not going to be intimidated by the lions that are growling. I'm not intimidated by the bear. I'm not intimidated by the Goliath. I've got a, I've got a, a, a warfare ready and I'm going to take it on. A huge key to growth is repetition and practice. That's preparation. So your response is automatic and direct when threats come. Now, I'm not talking about physical lions and bears and wolves and things like that. That'd be heaps of fun, like get a club and... But I'm talking about spiritual things that come against us every day that are, in, that are designed to intimidate, frighten, and cause you to back off. So that, that comes in all different sorts of ways. So... so um, 
you've got to know how to, how to confront those things and beat them. And the way you do that is being prepared by having a word in season, which, which again comes from here. And you might be thinking, well, what's the point? What's the point? You know, take some, some way of writing and noting things down. And when you see something, you think, oh, I'm just going to write that down. I might be talking about victory. I might be talking about the Holy Spirit. I might be talking about fear or whatever. And then when, when that fear or that thing comes against you, you just go, you know what? I'm going to apply the word of God against that thing. Because you know something, God will never de- deny His word. And what one of the biggest uh, uh, lessons I learned that, that helped me grow was when I started to discover if I apply God's word to my problems, God will honor His word. But you know, we think God's just got to honor our imagination. Think, God, I want it to work out like this. God, I want it to be like that. And God says, Well, apply my word to this thing. If you're sick in your body and you're thinking, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just have a diet of Easter eggs for the rest of my life, you're going to get sicker. Unless you put it through a, a magic bullet. <laughs> now, please, don't write me letters. Don't send me emails. Don't tell me afterwards, well, actually, that was really unhealthy. I actually know. <clears throat> I have to say that because people come and tell me, also, oh, that was really bad. The coffee was what I think was pushing it too far. <laughs> Every Italian kid grew up on, on, on bucketfuls of Nutella, and look at us. <laughs> what? I'll say it again a huge key to growing is repetition and practice. You know, uh, Luke Rasmussen, who was here last week, he was, he's actually was a real great champion swimmer in, in South Australia. And they, he said he would go every single morning, every day of the week, at some crazy hour in the morning to swim. And, and swim for like four hours or something like that. But you know what? If they want to be top of the game, that's just how it looks. And I'll tell you something, if you want to be top of the game uh, and, and be giving God back the the, the, the seed that he's put in you and pr- reproducing that seed over and over again, then you've got to be saying, God, whatever it takes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to discipline my life and give it, give it all that I can. Number three, you've got to be bold. And know that when you take a stand, you put yourself in line for the fight. It's never a, an easy thing. You know? And that's why I think... in these days, you see lots of times when, when things are bad going on in public and you think, well, is someone going to intervene there but no one wants to? So you see someone getting assaulted or someone being, being verbally attacked and, and you see everyone just put their head down and walk by. Because nobody wants to say, hang on, wait, hang on a minute, what are you, what's going on here? Because then you become the centre of attention and then, then you become the, the, the focal point of someone else's anger And it's much easier, or we think it's easier just to put our head down and walk away and pretend we didn't see. But we have to have a boldness and know that when we take a stand, we put ourselves in line for the fight. If the animal, this is what David said, if the animal turns on me, so he knows that he's going to stand up for the the life of that lamb. Growing people are strong and put themselves out to save another. So this point is value others enough to serve them. Value another's enough to serve them. See, a good reason to be committed to growth is so that you're strong for the sake of others. 
You know, and I know in my life, there's been plenty of times when I haven't felt strong, where I haven't been strong, where I haven't known what to do, but I've been able to find others who said, I'm strong for you today. I'll tell you how to, how to navigate through this. I'll show you, I'll carry you. And we all have times like that. If you, if you think, well, I'll be the strong one all the time, then, then you'll probably end up dead along the road. We need others to help us. So value the sheep. Here's, here's something that you really need to know. Church matters to Jesus. He died for it. So you might think, well, I, I don't need this. I don't need to be part of that. I, I tell you, church matters to Jesus. Growing, getting to the place of maturity, this is how we know whether we're mature or not. Do we defend the rights of others? And I think it's a sign of a mature church that we defend the rights of others who can't defend themselves. Number four, last key is have faith. Believe what God can do. Believe what God can do. Don't believe what you can't. Believe what God can. That faith grows in you as you live with responsibility. As you take things on, faith grows. It's preparing yourself with boldness. In all those things, faith has a chance to prove itself. Expecting great things starts with taking responsibility, with preparing yourself and serving others. And believe what God can do as you do. And this is what David said. He said, The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine giant. He's speaking faith. He's speaking faith. You know why? Because he's faced a bear. He's faced a lion. Now he's facing the biggest challenges of his life so far. And he said he's got something to draw upon. He's got something deep to, to pull up from. And I mean, he's anywhere literally from, from maybe 14 to 17 years old. He's only a youth, but he's got experience. When maybe lots of other young people saw those, the lions and the bears and just ran. But he said, I've got experience. I've taken these things down. So whatever your age is here tonight, I want to encourage you to take a stand for the things of God. Take a stand in your classroom. Take a stand where you work. I want to pray for people tonight. So why don't we just stand to our feet? <clears throat> and just before we do, what are we singing? The song. Okay. We're just going to sing. We're going to sing this through sometime. And then, I, then I'm going to just do, do, I want you to be ready to receive something from the Holy Spirit tonight. And this just opens our, our heart. So... As we sing, I just, just want you to be prepared. Say, Jesus, if something hit you tonight when I was preaching, then you say, God, I want to I leave with that thing tonight. I don't want it to be taken away. I don't want to lose it. I want to get the most out of church tonight. So thanks. 